Judges chapter 6. Book of Judges chapter number 6. Read some verses here. Very familiar scripture and familiar record in the Word of God. And I really like this portion of scripture. I know that the book of Judges carries with it a dark time and I understand that. But I like this record of Gideon and uh, read from it often, enjoy the record of the Word of God here. And uh, was just pondering, the Lord began to deal with my heart uh, yesterday about some things and began to read, felt led to this scripture and was reading some other scriptures as well and kept getting pulled back here and the Lord dealt with my heart and uh, I don't think I've ever preached, I've preached from this scripture a lot over the years but I don't think I've ever preached it in this manner and so I desire your prayers this morning that the Lord would help us and that the word of God would find its lodge and it would be a help and a blessing to you and bring honor and glory to the Lord this morning. Judges chapter 6, let's stand together if you're able and willing to do so out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Judges chapter 6. I'll read several verses this morning. We'll begin reading in verse number 1 just to give some background about what's going on in the story. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites seven years. The hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth Till thou come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number. They entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, Drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite. His son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it, from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? 
And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? He said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We read these verses here in Judges chapter 6 and I said already it's probably a familiar record and account and story in the Word of God to everybody that's in the building this morning. Probably all of us have at least one time or another in our life heard the story about Gideon. And the majority of the time when we hear preaching or the story about Gideon, it picks up in Gideon's life in Judges chapter 7 after the call of God, after the confirmation of God, and then as God begins to deal with the people and, and to bring the army down in number and then give them the victory over the host of the Midianites and those that were the enemies of God in Gideon's day. But it seems to me like not a lot is preached about this experience with Gideon here in the valley at the wine press. It was, would have been in a valley. The wine press would have been the lowest part in the town, that place where Gideon found himself not at the threshing floor, though he was threshing wheat. The threshing floor would have been the highest point in the town where the wind would blow and blow the chaff away and the wheat would fall back down. But he's in the wine press way down deep in the valley all alone, feeling abandoned, feeling like nothing good will ever happen again for the people of God and for his family. But here the Bible says that the Lord appears unto Gideon and speaks unto him. And as the Lord speaks to Gideon, my heart, the Lord began to deal with me yesterday and through the night and again this morning out of verse number 13. As the Lord speaks to Gideon, Gideon's reply is this, If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And then he says, and where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? And the Lord began to deal in my heart and I want to preach this morning if God will be my helper from verse number 13 on these are not our father's days. These are not our father's days. That's what Gideon is saying. We're not experiencing the same things today as our fathers did in days gone by. Now I will say this morning 
uh, before we can get here, there are some things that cannot be overlooked. Uh, we cannot overlook the darkness of the time uh, that Gideon's living in. We understand, we can go back uh, to Judges chapter 2 and read that Joshua and all that generation that served God and feared God died and were buried and there arose a new generation uh, which knew not the Lord, uh, neither the mighty acts which he had done. Uh, so it's a very dark time in the life of Gideon, in the day that he's living in, uh, we cannot overlook, we cannot sweep under the rug the fact that it is a very dark time. And the fact that there's nobody left among the people of God that has a true intimate fellowship and relationship with God as they did in the days gone by. That's what the Bible said. There was none left that knew God, nor any that even knew the mighty acts which he had done for the people. We also cannot overlook the fact that after Joshua and his generation died and this darkness seemingly comes in among the people of God that they depart from following after the Lord. The Bible said that they began to serve other gods. That they began to rebel as we looked at in Sunday school this morning. They turned their back on the God that brought them up out of Egypt. That brought them through the wilderness that gave them a settling place in the land of Canaan that told them and God again in Judges 6 sends them a prophet to tell them I told you not to fear their gods nor serve them but you have not hearkened unto me. And so it is a time of not just darkness, but a time of departure. The people of God have departed from serving God. Matter of fact, we find here in Judges chapter 6 that Gideon's own father has an altar built to Baal and has a grove planted nearby. And the Lord speaks to Gideon in the night. And he says, I want you to tear down the altar, build one to me, cut down the grove, take the wood from the grove, burn it and make a sacrifice. Take the second fatling and offer him for a sacrifice unto me. And the Bible said that Gideon and his servants did it by night for they feared his father and the people. They had went so far. The next day they get up and they go out and look and the grove's cut down and the altar's broken down and that reserved sacrifice, that animal has been sacrificed and they get angry. They say, who's done this? And the word gets around, it's Gideon and they come to Gideon's house and demand his father to send him out that he may die for what he's done. And so it's a great time of departure and we can't overlook that. But I'm not interested or the Lord's not put it on my heart this morning. We are in dark times. And we are in a time of departure. We are in a day when people have went to their own gods. They might not have idols of gold or wood or stone. But there's a lot of idolatry worship that's going on in our day. There are many things that people put and esteem higher than God. And so we are in a dark time. We are in a time of departure. But I want to preach this morning about Gideon and how discouraged he is because he's not living in his father's days. 
I'm going to tell you, I think one of the greatest tools and weapons and detriments to the house of God and the people of God in this day is that we're spending all our days wishing that we lived a hundred years ago rather than living in the day that we're living in now. And I hear things like this, and I'm just going to preach this morning how the Lord put it on my heart and pray that it be a help to you. I hear people say, if I'd have been born a hundred years ago, I could serve God better then than I do today. But the reality is you wouldn't serve God anymore a hundred years ago than you're serving God right now. It's not about what day uh, that we're living in. I hear all the time, uh, well, it's not like it used to be. It may not be. Uh, and that's what Gideon got hung up on. Uh, but the same God uh, was God in Gideon's day uh, as was in his father's day and his grandfather's day. Uh, and Gideon almost missed out on what God had for his day uh, because he couldn't get past his father's days. And I'm afraid in this day in the church world and among the people of God, good people of God, that we are missing out on what God has for our day because we cannot get out of the past. We're constantly living and dwelling and looking back to our father's day or our grandfather's day and saying if it was then, if it was now like it was then, we could serve God. But I'm glad this morning it may not be our father's day, but the same God is God. God, and you can serve him in this day. I believe that's right. And there's a lot of ways that my mind has went a hundred different directions and I really don't know what all I'll say this morning but I know that this is what the Lord told me to preach on and there's a lot of ways you could go with this. There's a lot of people that are looking for a certain experience that their fathers told them of. And they feel like if they never achieve or never arrive at that particular experience, then it can't be the power of God in their day. But I'm afraid they're mistaken. See, Gideon said, where are the miracles that our fathers told us of? Where's the Red Sea? Where is Egypt? Well, Gideon wasn't in Egypt. Gideon's enemy was not the Egyptian. Gideon didn't need to be brought out of Egypt. Gideon didn't need to cross the Red Sea. He didn't need what his fathers had. He needed what God had for him in his day. And Gideon almost, if you look in the scripture, he said, where be all his miracle? He said, I want to see a miracle. But verse number 14, the Lord said, go in this thy might. Gideon almost missed out on the might of God for staring at the miracles of the past. And that's what God really set down in my heart. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, is God has might for us in this day, in this hour. I know it is dark days. I know it's a time of departure. I know it's a time of discouragement. But a lot of our discouragement is brought upon ourselves, fastening our eyes back on the miracles and wishing our opportunity, wishing our today away for yesterday when God has a today for His people. He has might for you. Don't worry about the miracles of old. Lay hold on the might of God for your day. These are not our father's days. We're not living in our father's days. We can't go back and live in our father's day. It would not matter. And I know that people get their mind on everything and they think if the economy could be fixed, it would help the church. If the political world could be fixed, it would help the church. None of that will help. It will not help. 
And mankind's never changed. Ain't it amazing? I mean, if you'd have it this morning, I began to read. The Lord began to deal with my heart. That's the first thing Gideon talked about. He talked about his financial standing and his political standing. The Lord said, you'll save Israel. He said, how can I? My family is poor in Manasseh. He said, I don't have the financial resources to do what you're saying. But God wasn't interested in what he had. God had what he needed. God did not need what Gideon had. Gideon needed what God had. And we're living in a day where we feel like God needs what we have. God does not need what we have. And we need what God has. And then he got on political standing. I'm not going to preach politics this morning. But he said, my family's poor in Manasseh. He said, I'm the least of my father's house. He said, I don't have no pool. He said, I am from the lowest. I'm not even from a whole tribe. I'm just part of a half tribe and that the other half stayed across the river Jordan and wouldn't even come into the land of Canaan. How am I going to make any kind of difference? And ain't that all the excuses that we give God in this day? Lord, it's not like it was 50 years ago. Lord, we come into the house of God and there ain't hardly nobody here. And I was listening this morning to Brother Billy Mitchell from Jamestown, Tennessee and Brother Tim referenced him in Sunday school this morning. I love that preacher. I wish he was back. I understand. I don't mean that bad. I know that he did what God called him to do. God's work for him was done. And he went home to be with the Lord. But he had a way about him. He could cut you to the heart and love you and look at you and you'd love him back for it. And I'm going to tell you, we get so hung up what other people are doing how other people are living where other people are going I'm going to tell you what Brother Mitchell said this morning people are going to do what people want to do that's right the reason people will pay hundreds of dollars, sit on a cold bleacher with a snow blowing and holler till they're hoarse for their favorite team is that's what they want to do. The reason people will make reservations two years in advance and go on vacation, pay thousands of dollars to get there is because that's what they want to do. But the reason most folks won't drive five minutes to the house of God is because they don't want to. It's a reality. And you can't let your life, you can't let your service, you can't let your relationship with God hinge on what everybody else is doing. But we're quick to blame everybody else. We're quick to put it on somebody else. We're quick to say, well, if they would come, I'd get more serious. No, you wouldn't. If they did come, you wouldn't get any more serious. You will do what you want to do. And the reality is it may not be our Father's Day. And there are days I do wish we could back the clock up a hundred years. There are days I do wish that I could have lived and come through the Philadelphia church age. But as God told Esther, she was brought for such a time as this. Not 20 years ago, not 50 years ago, but now. And we have the same God today they had a hundred years ago. Somebody said, and I, you know, I kind of made reference to it already myself. Somebody said, we could bring some of the old preachers back. Wouldn't do any good. If God had needed them today, they'd still be here. 
that they say we can bring Percy Ray back and let him preach all up and down our country it would change the nation it wouldn't do it if God wanted Percy Ray to be here he'd still be here they said we could bring Spurgeon back and put him in the pulpits of America. It would change our nation. No, if God needed Spurgeon, he'd be here. But God has you and I and he wants us to get our mind over the past and our father's day and get our heart in today and serve God. Lay hold of the might. It wasn't Gideon's might, it was God's might. That he was first and for Gideon to do the work he gave him to do. That is right. That is right. This ain't our Father's Day. And I hear all kinds of talk. That's probably one of the biggest talk among... I'm talking about faithful, and I'm not preaching mean to you this morning. I'm preaching my heart. And I'm having to be honest too. There are days I wish that we could go back. But God let me see it's not about what they did or did not have back then. It was the God of then. And the same God then is God now. People said, well, if we didn't have all this modern technology, if we didn't have the internet, if we didn't have the television, if we didn't have cell phones and smartphones and all this stuff, it'd be easier to live for God. No, it wouldn't. There'd be something else come along to appease and to try to lure your flesh away from God. Just because we back up, what we do is we look back a hundred years ago at what they had and they didn't have that we do have or don't have and we think that's all that it was. We look back a hundred years ago and say they didn't have any distractions. Yes, they did. They lived in the same flesh you and I do. And they serve the same God that you and I do. That has the same power that today in our day are to save sinners, are to send revival, are to shout the saints. It's still right in this day. These are not our Father's days. But these are our days. And we have a God. For our days. And Gideon was looking back. And what Gideon really was saying is what I've already been saying, we've been saying. Gideon went all the way back to Egypt. I think what Gideon was saying, Brother Tim, is we'd get Moses up out of the ground and get us somebody to reunite us and lead us. We'd do a little better. But they didn't need Moses. God, God already knew that. He let Moses die and buried him himself. He didn't need Moses. They needed God. And we've been distracted to think we need a new man or we need a new method or we need a new message. And the reason that these megachurches are busting out the seams with all their plans and all their programs is they have offered something that will replace or seemingly replace what's lacking in our Baptist churches today. And that's the power of God. And we don't need to spend all our time, and I'm just preaching this morning, we don't need to spend all our time preaching about the mega church. We need to preach about our churches. And the fact that we're embracing things to be the power of God, that's not the power of God. If it's the power of God, it'll produce lasting effects. I've never been around the power of God that you could get over it an hour later. I've never been around the, I understand that we live in the flesh. I understand it's a daily struggle. But if you ever get around the power of God and truly taste the power of God and truly experience the power of God, it'll change your life forever. And the power of God's not necessarily in a hoop. And it's not in a holler. And it's not in jumping up and down. And it's not in sweating. It's not in crying. And it's not in all that. It's in the power. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. 
But we've embraced emotionalism. We've embraced sensationalism. It's because we lack the power of God. And so we think if we come to church on Sunday and we make enough noise, it has to be God. But that's not so. We look back to our Father's Day and we see how the, the grandma shouted and there's nothing wrong with it. I believe it's still right to shout in the Holy Ghost. But it ain't right just to shout to make a show. And we look back at how them old men, how they could pray heaven down. And they didn't pray heaven down because they had big swelling words. And they didn't pray heaven down because they knew what kind of words to say, how to tickle God's ears or make Him pleased with them. They prayed heaven down because that wasn't the first time they had prayed that week. And see what that does to us as we look back on their day and then we look at our day and we begin to mock. And I'm not talking about making fun. I'm talking about imitation. We begin to imitate that day. And we think if we can shout like they did, if we can pray seemingly like they did, if we can testify seemingly like they did, if we can cry like they did, if we can dress like they did. And I'm all for dressing right. It's still right. It needs to be preached on more and more and more in these days. I mean, it's not about an imitation. It's about laying hold of the power of God for our day. For our day. And the people of God need to be exhorted to press for it, to reach for it. I understand. And I'm just preaching this morning, but I'm preaching how God has put it in my heart. I've heard enough preaching of preachers bashing people on the head for not having the power of God. We understand it. We realize it. Exhort us to get it in these days. Tell us how to go after it. Encourage us again that God's still the same. If you're really saved and you've ever experienced the power of God and you don't have it now, you know it. Yes, you don't need me to beat you over the head and tell you how bad you are and how low down. I understand preaching about sin. I understand last Sunday, but I didn't get up here and preach to you how low down and sorry you were. But the Holy Ghost came by and He dug in your row all by Himself. Right. It's not my business to convince you that you need the power of God. It's my business to preach the truth to you and the Holy Ghost will do the convincing. The word conviction is where we get our word convince. That's what the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost does in, in, to a sinner that needs to be saved. He convinces them of their lost state, of their offense to God, then convinces them there's only one way, and that's through Jesus. And He does the same thing after we get born again. He convinces us of our wrongdoing, convinces us of our sin, convinces us of our shortcomings, forget, convinces us of our need of Him, convinces us of our lack of Him, and then He works in us to want to get it right. And we're not in our Father's Day. You say, but preacher, we're not living 50 years ago. No, we're not. We're living today. But God's not changed one bit. Not one bit. We're not, you say, preacher, we're not in our Father's Day. No. And we're not in Grandpa's Day or Great Grandpa or on and on and on and on. We're in our day that God put us in today. And we have some idea, and I understand that generally speaking, there was a loss. The church suffered a loss, generally speaking, when many of these old Philadelphia Christians, when they outstripped us and went on, the church experienced loss. We miss them. We, we want them back. They were an asset to the church. But God doesn't need to bring them back. God needs some of you to pick up where they left off. God has that power for you. We've rode everybody else's coattails too long. 
That's what happened between Elijah and Elisha. The Bible said it, they didn't part themselves. God parted them. The Bible said there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Elisha couldn't go any longer on what Elijah did. Elisha, Elijah was getting ready to go and Elisha is going to have to pick up where Elijah left off. And Elijah's gone. The Bible said he went up into the heavens and Elisha saw it and he said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. I'm going to say something It's going to sound real rough. But it's the truth. If Elisha had been the majority of us today, he would still be beside the Jordan where Elijah went up and he'd have never got up from where he was. He'd have sat there and stared at the sky for the rest of his days and said, if I could only get Elijah back, if I could only get Elijah. God didn't want him to have Elijah back. God wanted Elisha to get up and pick up the mantle and go for him for himself. And we said, and I understand that we feel like there's a void. And I understand I've got some dear men and dear ladies that have went on to be with the Lord that I'd love to look out over the congregation and see them in the congregation of this morning praising God and helping us in the service. But their time is over and it's our time now. And we can't spend the rest of our days wishing that we had some of them back. But we need what they had in our day. And so the question is, I, like, I don't read after men a whole lot. I try to follow the Lord. Sometimes I feel like it skews my point of view or makes me go a different direction. But I do like what Matthew Henry said about Gideon. It said that God had to shake him and awake him to his day. And I'm going to tell you what needs to happen in these days. God needs to shake us and wake us to our day. That we're not in daddy's day or grandpa's day or grandma's day or mama's day. We're in our day. But God did not cease to be God when grandpa died. God did not cease to be God when daddy went home to be with him. God did not cease to be God when all the old saints of old went on. God's still God today. And we're going to have to live for God in our day. We're going to have to pick up the mantle and cross our Jordan and go home for the glory of God. We're going to have to determine. See, it's easy. And I'm not preaching mean this morning. You know me better than that. Especially those of you that go here, you know my heart. It's real easy for us to sit back and say, well, my daughter or my son or my granddaughter or my grandson, they can make a hero out of sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so in the church but then what happens when they're gone? Can your daughter or your son or your granddaughter or your grandson make a hero out of you? Can they see in you what you saw in whoever it is that you had a hero in? If your daddy was your godly hero, can your children or grandchildren see in you what you saw in him? If your mama, your grandma, your grandpa was your hero in the Lord, how can your children or grandchildren or others around you see in you what you saw in them? If they can't, why not? Same God today. Same God then.
Same fellowship, same relationship, same way, same work. It's all the same. The reality is you can have, we've been sold a lie in these last days. I was reading again in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 18 and I read it and the Holy Ghost pricked my heart and said back up and read it again and read it. Now this is what the Lord said to me. You can take it however you want to. He said read it like you was reading the headlines of the newspaper for your day. And this is what John said. My little children, it is the last time. And I backed up and I read it again. And I read it like it was written to me. My little children, it is the last time. We've been sold a lie in our last time that because we're in the last days or we're in the Laodicean age or whatever you want to term it, it, we just can't have the power of God. That we have to be lukewarm. I can't find that anywhere in this book. Nowhere. You can be lukewarm if you want to. You can have no power if you want to. But God tells Gideon, God never denied. God said, yes, I did. He sent the prophet. He said, I did bring you out of Egypt. I did walk with Moses. I did meet with Moses on Mount Sinai. I did speak to Aaron. I did do all these things. But he said, I'm still God today. You don't need Moses. You don't need Aaron. You don't need this one. You don't need that one. You just need God. And God wants you. And so I wonder this morning, I've tried my best to preach my heart as we all stand all over the congregation.